about a month and a half, sometime in March, God did give me a word to share with you guys. And it was, it's time. It's time. And ever since then, he has just been saying over and over and over again, it's time. And he's been giving us preachers. He's been giving us prophecies. So many things. Y'all remember Brother Stanley came and he preached, it's time to look up. I mean, just crazy things like that. And then we had a family that was praying for us separately, a husband and a wife. And they both came back and sent us the same scripture. And it's my scripture that I already had written out for today. I mean, it was just mind blowing. It is time. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Everybody say it. It's time. Okay, now I'm going to be done at 1030. So y'all let me go over because we're going to miss coffee and donut time. So y'all just like stand up and just wave your hands or something if I go over. No, I'm going to try not to. I've got my phone right here. So it's time. And to every woman in this room, I want to say happy Mothering Day. I changed the name of Mother's Day. I'm sorry. I'm rebellious. I don't like to do things just the way that everybody else does it. But it's happy Mothering Day because there are some amazing women in this church that may not have a child of their own, but they are mothering ladies. And I appreciate them so much for mothering me, my children. They are mothering. And so happy Mothering Day. So to every Sunday school teacher, nursery worker, youth staff member, stepmom, godmom, adopted mom, birth mom, grandmother, auntie, a neighbor, coach, the list goes on. Happy Mothering Day. Thank you. We celebrate mothering today. Amen. So it's time. Say it again. It's time. It's time. Now, I've got to have, like, feedback. I'm used to talking to my kids, so I'm going to make y'all talk with me today, okay? It's time. i got to know you're awake and you're listening and you're looking at me. I got you, okay? So it's time. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. You guys know this scripture. If you've got your Bible, you can open it up. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. And a time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. And then verse 11 says, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. So, what in the world? How many of you got your pair of socks coming in today? Every adult lady gets a pair of socks. Why are we doing socks when the theme is it's time? There's clocks and socks. Maybe because it rhymes, right? Socks with clocks. What in the world? Poor Sister Hannah and Sister Valerie. I gave them the hardest theme to decorate for this year because it was hot pink and neon orange and purple and blue socks on a table with like beautiful ornate clocks. So it makes no sense, right? Socks with clocks. What does this mean? 
a while back, my mother, if you follow her on Facebook, Judy Gandy, she writes prayers on Facebook. That's her post. That's somebody I want to follow on Facebook. Amen. So she writes prayers on Facebook. And one day she wrote this. It was like, it's not really a prayer, but it's an encouraging word. And I copied it. And I said, Mom, can you copy that? Write that out for me. I want to use that for Mother's Day. It goes with my theme. It's time. And she was like, okay. So I explained to her what I felt when I read it. And you're going to feel it too. So I'm going to read it in my mom's voice. Okay, are you ready? Dryer socks stacked up on top of my dryer. Does anyone here know what dryer socks are? They are the one sock of a pair that survived the dryer monster that eats socks one at a time. Every time I put clothes into the dryer, I was reminded that I was a failure as a keeper of socks because I haven't been able to recover or fix the problem of that missing sock. Some have been in this stockpile for years, but recently, while looking at that pile, I said to those socks, you have been here long enough reminding me about an issue that I am unable to resolve. What I did next was the hardest thing to do because there was that hope of someday joining the two back together. But after several years of waiting, I made the victorious decision to cast out those socks that were worthless so that I wasn't frustrated and reminded of something every day that I couldn't fix. After all, you're only talking about 2 to $5 a pair, and, lo and the loss was only 2 to $5, and my peace of mind is worth more than that. Do you know why you got a pair of socks today? Because every time you look at socks in your dryer and you look, come up missing one, you're going to remember this today, that it is time to cast some things out, some distractions, some frustrations, some things that have been lingering that are keeping you from feeling that you have value, that are keeping you from doing the miraculous that are keeping you from fulfilling a purpose maybe that God has put in your life. Every time you look at that pile of socks, you think, I'm a failure. It's time to get rid of them. All right? It's time. It's time. Somebody say, it's time. So if you've raised kids or husbands, no, just kidding. If you've raised kids, you have said this. It's time to wake up. Haven't you? Ladies, I know you have. Breakfast is ready. It's time to eat. It's time to leave for school. She's cranky. It's her nap time. Time to brush your teeth. You've been playing outside. Woo, it's bath time. Time to do your homework. It's late. It's bed it's coffee time. No, just kidding. That's all day. <laughs> There's no dessert time, no coffee time. That's all day, okay? Nobody ever says, it's coffee time. It's just always coffee time. Um, I don't know that God, if he put that specifically in women. I know men, sometimes they do it. You know, my dad growing up, he'd be like, it's time to get gas, you know, and I'm half a tank. Okay, dad, I got it. Time to change your oil. Like, those are the two things I can remember my dad telling me it was time to do. Time to check your tires. No. So I think it's just something in a woman 
the women know it's time. But the wisest man who ever lived was the one who wrote that in Ecclesiastes. So he said there was a time for every purpose under the sun. So let's think about that. There's a time for everything under the sun. Okay? Under the sun. Genesis 1 and 14 said, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. So think about this. This was the fourth day of creation. A timeless God, an eternal God, who always was and always will be, came in and made time. He created seasons and time on the fourth day of creation. Before he ever made man, he made time. So this was not just a casual creation. He was very intentional. He set into motion the seasons so that we can have the flowers and the harvest and the, the time of winter and fall and spring and summer. So this timeless God then robes himself in flesh, and we know from John 1 and 1 that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So this God that created all of this, he comes to earth, and what does he do? He lives completely against what he created. He blows my mind. Like, I was reading the Bible, I think sometime last year, and I told my husband, I'm like, babe, Jesus was never in a hurry. Like, he made time, and he comes to earth and puts on flesh, and then he's never in a hurry. It's like he defied the very thing that he made. He came in, and then he's walking. He gets these disciples, and he begins to walk everywhere, which walking, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, he had donkeys, right? I mean, didn't they have donkeys and horse back then? What, why did they walk everywhere? I mean, like, we just, if we could have just helped Jesus, I think my husband could have, like, organized a team, just been like, okay, this is the donkey team. We're going to have donkey parking over here. He would have had three men helping him. No. <laughs> so um, it's just crazy. Like, he came in, and they walked everywhere. They walked. And, and then everywhere he walks, he's being interrupted. Like, I say interrupted. Jesus didn't say he was being interrupted. But he made this time, and now it's like he's going somewhere, and he's constantly interrupted. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Um, Zacchaeus in the sycamore tree. It was like he was intentionally allowing himself to be interrupted. He's on the way to Jairus' house, to his 12-year-old daughter's at home, and then the woman with the issue of blood touches the tassel or the hem of his garment, and he stops, and then the daughter ends up dying. I mean, like, this blows my mind how it seems like, come on. Like, I felt like if I was there, I would have been like, Jesus, like, come on. Like, we got to go. Like, this lady's dying, you know. Like, come on. And he was not affected whatsoever by time. The Syrophoenician woman came and interrupted his meal and, and asked for just the crumbs uh, the lepers, the 10 lepers, what about when he was teaching and the, the friends like climbed up on the roof and start like tearing off the roof of somebody's house and letting down their paralyzed friend? This is insane. It was like, 
he was in the middle of preaching. Can you imagine today as pastors preaching and all of a sudden someone's like busting through the roof? Like, what an interruption. What a distraction. It's insane to me. Like, it does not make logical sense. The children that came to Jesus, like parents are bringing their kids. Can you just lay hands on them? Lay hands on them. Um, let's see, Matthew 19 and 13, that's what happened. And, and Jesus says, no, don't turn them away. And he laid hands on them is what the Bible says. He laid hands on them. So all of these children, I mean, it's like he's laying hands on all of them. What a distraction. I know those disciples were so frustrated. A lot of adults would say that's just a distraction. That's a waste of time. These are just children. They don't even understand what you're saying. What good are they? And yet he's making time for them. With his friends, Mary and Martha, remember Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha is working in the kitchen. She's frustrated. And Jesus says, hey, you're careful and you're troubled about everything, but Mary has found the one thing that is needful. And Mary was sitting at his feet. And then Mary and Martha, they were frustrated again because their brother died. And Jesus knew about it. And he delayed two more days after he knew that Lazarus was sick. And yet he didn't rush to the scene and Martha comes up to him, and she's like, if you would have just been here. And he said, I am the resurrection. I am life. I'm timeless, Martha. He's not governed by time. We know the story. He raised Lazarus from the dead. We know the end of the story, but think about it if you didn't know the end. Mary broke her alabaster box. It was like 300 pence. Some say that's a year's worth of wages. A year's worth, guys, that's some time, right? That's some time. But Jesus said it's not waste. It's worship. Because he doesn't see time like we see. Time is money to us. Time is not money to him. How can a timeless God have a relationship with people that are bound by time? We all are going to die, y'all. We are bound by time. So what's the key? What's the key to having a relationship with a timeless God? Let's rewind to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus was at a wedding. John 2, 2 through 5. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, which mm, me and Jesus have to have a conversation about that in heaven. Don't call me woman. If Aspen ever does that, he will be in timeout in that corner the whole service. Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. My time is not yet come. And his mother says to the servants, and this is the key, guys. This is how a timeless God and a time man on earth collide. He said, Mother, or she said, What to the servants? Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And that right there was the beginning of the miraculous. A mother who had pondered some things in her heart, she knew who he was. She did not reject that it wasn't his hour. She didn't say, it's, it's your time, Jesus. It's your time. No, right now. This, we, are we that kind of woman? I hope not. But she said, okay, it's not your hour. Servants, stand by. 
Whatever he says to do it and whenever, just do it. Be ready. Be willing. Be available to step in when he says it's time. Because he said it's not my hour. So she said, hmm, well, maybe the hour's going to change in 30 minutes. I don't know when the next hour was going to change, but she was going to stand by. She said, whatever he says to do, you do it. And that kind of faith, that kind of active, obedient faith is the key to unlocking a timeless God into your situation. Do you remember the story of the disciples on the boat and Jesus is asleep and the storm comes and they start panicking and they wake him up and he's like, why are you so fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. Well, he had just healed the demoniac. He had just like set free all kinds of people. He had, oh, the great faith. Do y'all remember the man in the Bible that says there's no greater faith in Israel? He had just done that. And then he was like, there's no place for the son of man to lay down his head. He gets on the boat, goes to sleep. And right after this display of great faith comes these disciples and he says, oh, ye of little faith. Well, that word, oh, ye of little faith, it's like five words, oh, ye of little faith. It's like five words for us. It's one word in the Greek, oligopistos. And that word is broken up into two words, oligo and pistis. Pistis is like what we would think faith is, belief, credence. But the, the oligo is duration or value or season or while. Everybody say time. So, you know, we think like a little, oh, you have little faith, like little bitty, little bitty faith, like a little cup, you know, a little serving spoon, a little teaspoon. But no, it's not that kind of measure. It's, oh, a little minute, or a little hour, or a little day of faith. Oh, ye of little faith. So it wasn't about, like, volume or mass. It was about time. And Jesus was concerned that they did not have a length of time of faith because he had just done these miracles. I don't know when the feeding of the 5,000 was. It was before that sometime. And yet they still did not believe that he could just speak to the wind. They didn't believe. They were fearful. Why are you fearful? Why do you have such a short time length of faith? So he was frustrated. He even said, a faith as a grain of mustard seed. Do you all know that scripture? If you have faith but like a little mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain. It can be removed. That is not about the size of the mustard seed. It's about when that mustard seed is planted and when it grows, when it endures time, it becomes the greatest tree in the garden is what the Bible says. So it's not about this little size of a mustard seed. It's about the length of endurance of the mustard seed. So there was a frustration because our little finite minds can't comprehend infinity. Our times cannot comprehend timeless. But that's why... We've got to be born again, and we've got to live in the realm of faith. Faith is an unseen realm. It's where we don't walk by what we see. 2 Corinthians 5 and, says, 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So Jesus came to bring us a kingdom that's not governed by clocks and calendars and watches it's not governed by ages. It's governed by faith. He came to bring us a kingdom governed by faith. So socks 
Maybe it's socks for you. I'll tell you what it was for me. It was the mirror for me. And yesterday, actually this week sometime, God said, I'm ready for you to give up the no reflection challenge. If you haven't been around, you haven't heard of it, um, I did a, a basically a, I don't know what you would call it, a, not a fast, but I went without the mirror. And I thought, I'm going to try this for a week. God said, you need, to, you need to give up your mirror because every time I realized I was looking in the mirror, I was criticizing something. I was criticizing maybe a gray hair, um, maybe a hair on my chin or something. You know, just like something awkward, something Bell's palsy. I mean, like, I, I was criticizing myself, and God was trying to teach me to not criticize his creation. But even deeper than that, he wanted me to live in the realm of the unseen. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this for a week. Well, I didn't do it for a week. For one week, I could not give up the mirror, the reflection. I accidentally would check, oop, oop. I'd look at my phone, oop, ugh. And I started writing down every time I was doing it. And I realized I'm addicted to something besides coffee. So God said, give it up. So it started with seven days. By day eight, I had finally broken it. I was able to walk through the bathroom without looking in the mirror. Well, then I was like, okay, maybe the rest of this month. And then it was like, okay, well, maybe the rest of the next month. And seven days turned into 30, turned into 60, turned into 90. And I'm like, God, I don't know when, I don't even care anymore. Like, I'm good. I can floss my teeth without a mirror. I can curl my hair without a mirror. But this week, he said, okay, Sunday, wake up and go back to using your mirror. And I was like, okay. So yesterday was my last day. So I searched, how many days has it been since January 27th? Y'all, yesterday was 100 days. I did not plan that. I was just trying to hear the, hear the voice of God. So I went with, without a mirror, without a reflection for 100 days. And some things broke on, in me that I will, I will share with you guys another time. It was a major accomplishment, major growth. But the thing that I want to tell you today is that he opened my eyes to an unseen kingdom through this where I begin to see people not as what I see on the outside. He says, you know, man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. I begin to say, God, that person has a gift. Oh, I see it, God, what you see. I begin to see myself differently. So socks or mirrors, whatever it is, it's time to give it up. So maybe you're holding on to something that you're a failure in that you can't get a match for, or maybe it's your mirror. Maybe it's something that you see in yourself but the mirror, one thing it can't do is it can't tell you who you're going to be tomorrow. And I'm telling you guys, it's time to let go of who you were. It's time to let go of the past. Today is not who to, you're going to be tomorrow. It's not. And even if you look at your neighbor, that's not who they're going to be tomorrow. So see with eyes of faith. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 13, I speak to them in parables because they see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And he said, verse 16, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So he came to shake our kingdom up. Sister Freeman wrote a, a message one time, and she said, it is time to enter the power dimension. And I'll close with this. There is not a time for everything. Song of Solomon, I'm sorry, Solomon said, 
in Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything under the... Okay, there's some things that are not under the sun, that are of the kingdom that God created, the kingdom of faith. And I will tell you, there's not a time to forgive. There's not a time to have faith. There's not a time to rejoice. There's not a time to pray. What does the Bible say? Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Pray without ceasing. So when you're going to step into the realm of the timeless, you're going to forgive 70 times 70, 70 times 7 just today. And you're going to do it again. And if you don't forgive, your heavenly father can't forgive you. There's not a time for some of the things that we are operating in. You don't have to pray about some of these things. So Sister Freeman said seven things, and I'm going to share them with you quickly. Seven things, and these are timeless. She said, number one, this is going to enter us into the power dimension, which is where his kingdom reigns. Seven things. Do all in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. That's Colossians 3.17. Hosea 10 and 12, we're going to seek the Lord. There's not a time to seek the Lord. You're going to seek him timeless every day. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. It is time to seek the Lord till he come rain righteousness upon you. Another thing, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is time to obey what did Mary say? His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice evermore. Rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians 4.4. 4. And again, I say rejoice. Psalm 68 and 3, let the righteous be glad and let them rejoice before God. Let them exceedingly rejoice. There's a time to be weak. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and 10, it says, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Guess what? It's always time to be weak so he can be our strength. It's time to abide in him. John chapter 15, it said, he's the vine, we're the branches. If we abide in him and his words, Pastor Green talked about his word last week. If his word abides in us, we can ask what we will, and it's going to be done. It is time to overflow. It is time to overflow. In the last day of the great feast, he, Jesus stood up and he said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And then verse 39, he spake this of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, oh, sorry, verse 38, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So there is not just a time to worship. There's not just a time to pray. We're supposed to do it with our lifestyle. Let's all stand. The Bible says, worship the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You can't put a time on that. Martha, you're in the kitchen, but Mary has found the good thing. There's, a time, there's not a time to praise God. Let everything that hath breath praise you the lord there's not a time if you're breathing you're praising it is time to praise <laughs> romans 13 11 through 14 it's high time 
knowing the time that now it is high time, guess what? To wake out of sleep. It's not time to sleep, guys. It is time to wake up out of our sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantingness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. All this stuff, this distraction, this earthly stuff that's under the sun, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It's time to walk in obedience. It's time to cast off all your cares on him. Stop holding on to things that are worthless. Life is a vapor. And your vapor is going to bring God glory if you don't live like you're under the sun, but you start living like you're from another world. It's time to live in the timeless realm. It's time to give up your metaphorical mirror. Last, a few, uh, last month, I think it was, a, maybe a few weeks ago, I wrote a song during altar call in this service. And it was called, All Things for My Good. I don't know how, but I know that you're moving. I don't know when, but I know that you're near. Open my eyes. Let me see what you see. You work all things for my good. All things for my good. I don't know how, but I know that you're working. I don't know when, but I know that you're here. Open my eyes. Let me see what you see. You work all things for my good. One day, I'll see what you see. And one day, I'll know what you know. And I'll praise you for every mystery. I'll praise you forevermore. Guys, all things work for good. He can work all things. It's time to let it go. Be blessed in Jesus' name.